You are listening to the podcast of Richland Hills Baptist Church. We are located in Richland Hills, Texas. Our desire here is to believe, live, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you're listening to our podcast today, if you have any questions, you can find us on the web at richlandhillsbc.com. God bless you. All right, well this morning, open your Bibles uh, we're going to be going through the whole book of James this morning. So uh, open, uh, open your book, open your Bible to the book of James. And this morning we are indeed, we are going to finish uh, this book. And we have worked through this book since the, really the early part of this year. And we walked through, really verse by verse, passage by passage. We've been going through this book together, seeing what God's Word tells us about this big idea Putting our faith into action. That's something that we've I've mentioned almost every week. As we think about James, the idea is this. We are called to live out our faith. We are called to put into action the faith that we say we believe. And James goes through and he gives us all of these practical things that we need and we should do as believers in Jesus Christ. But the reality that we see, it's not easy, difficult. We need God's help. We can't do these things in our own strength, but we need help. It does remind me, my first, I say real job, but I say a full-time job that, you know, they, they gave you paid time off, that kind of job, right? My first job like that, Jen and I had just been married for just a little while, and I got a job at Liberty University, and she was finishing college there, Lynchburg, Virginia. I got a job there in the online program, Liberty Online. Who's ever heard of Liberty Online? Yeah, maybe. It's, it's big now. There's a lot of people in it. But I was what you call a new enrollment specialist. That sounds really fancy. It wasn't. I just talked on the phone all day. That's what I did. And people would call in. They ask information about the school. You, I sat in a little cubicle, and you talk on the phone. But leading up to that, as you get this job, you go through this pretty intense training period. It's, it's, it was uh, several weeks, and you're with a group of people. And I still remember all those people. You're there together, and for two weeks, you get all of this information thrown at you and it's a lot let me tell you when you are working for a university there's a lot of information you have to know you have to know about financial aid military benefits you need to know about degree plans and degrees graduation dates and all of this information and so they all of this information at you and then in that training they even let you listen to some phone calls and you you take some calls but after the training, they throw you out onto the floor, your own little cubicle, and they say, okay, now you're trained. And it's terrifying. Because in this environment, you had you, the way that you were graded, I mean, the way that you were judged as an employee, people listened to your calls and make sure that you were saying the right thing. You, you didn't want to mess up and tell someone false information. And how... How did you get better at it? Well, you learned all the information, right? You're a pro. No, how did you do it? You, you just began to do it. You just did it. 
You just learned how to keep going. And you said, okay, let me, maybe I'm not sure about this little area here. So you trained up, you learned, you better. And every day, every day, if you stuck with it, you get a little better. But it reminds me of James, as you think about it, there's a lot that James has thrown at us. You may say, Pastor, how, how could I possibly, how could I possibly put all this into action? How can I do all this? Well, just a little bit at a time. And I'm going to tell you this as we get through it. There are going to be some areas in the book of James that are going to be difficult for you. But those same areas may not be an area, a huge area of need for the next person, meaning that we all are a little different. We struggle in different ways. We have our unique challenges. And so there are going to be some things in the book of James that you feel like, hey, I, I do this. Maybe you're not perfect at it, but hey, I do this. But that same area, someone else might say, man, that's a real struggle for me. So as we look at this, I want us to look at some, some major, some big areas that James speaks about. Some big, uh, whether he speaks about it directly or indirectly, some big themes that we need to consider about putting our faith into action. If you want to live out your faith, you really need to consider these big things that James is going to speak about. And one of the things that's implied in this book and really most of the letters in the Bible is that if we are going to live out our faith, we are going to live in a community of faith. What do I mean by that? Most of the letters in the Bible, the New Testament, the book of James, they were not written to one person. They were not written to just an individual. Most of them. A few. Most of them individual do you know who are they written to a group of people a body a church a community of faith and so what that means implied in the book of James and everything that he's telling us is that listen if you want to live this out you need to live within a community of faith you need to be with other like-minded believers so that you can live out these things and the point behind that is you and I, we will never be successful in living out our faith by ourselves. You can't do it. You're just not going to be able to do it. Because there's so much that, again, when James speaks about loving people, well, if you're all by yourself all the time, it's going to be hard to love other people, isn't it? You need people. If you're by yourself all the time, then this idea of using your words correctly and rightly, guess what? That's going to be hard to do. So in a community, you will learn how to practice these things. You will be encouraged by others. You will be challenged. You will be strengthened. And so James is going to say, listen, to do this, and this is me sort of paraphrasing, to do this, you need to be in a community. Now, I'm going to use that word community on purpose. And I'm not going to say, go to church. You might say, pastor, you should say that. You're the pastor of a church. Here's what I know. You can go to church and not be in community with other people. 
you can go and you can come and you can sit on a pew and not be in real community, fellowship, relationship with other people. So James is not speaking about church attendance. James is speaking and implying in here, James is speaking to people who don't just come to church, but James is speaking to people who are in community and relationship with one another. And so that's why I'm going to use that word community. When you are in a church, it's important that you find a group of people, a community that you can walk through this life with. It may be one of our Sunday school classes that we have. It may be a, just a group of people that you are friends with. But you find several people that you can be in community with. And that's important. When James says, remember we talked about a few weeks ago that we're supposed to confess to one another. When we mess up, when we struggle, we're supposed to have people that we can confess to. Can you do that if you don't have a community? No. And so if you want to live it out, if you want to live out your faith, you need somebody that's going to help you. Do you have that? Do you have community? Do you have people that encourage you? Do you have people that challenge you? Do you have people that question you? Do you have people that, again, they applaud you and they cheer you on? You need all those things. Now, is it all rosy? Is being in a community, a church community, a Christian community, is it always easy? Is it always rosy? Everybody always get along? No. We get feelings hurt sometimes. Yeah. Will some things happen that you don't like or you disagree with? Yeah. But are any of those reasons to give up on community? No. You see, that's how we grow. We grow in fellowship and in community. And in community, it's where we find encouragement and wisdom. So wisdom is this next big area that I want you to want you to think about. So to put your faith in action, you need to be in community. And the two, you need to have wisdom. Do you remember what James said to us in James chapter 1, verse 5? You can look there. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. You see, you and I, we need wisdom. As we start trying to live this out, it's going to get hard and we're not going to know what to do. And we're going to wonder, well, how do I live this out in this hard situation? Who's had a hard situation this past week? Anybody? Okay, good. Just a few of you. Everybody else is perfect this week. Who's had a situation in the last month that you said, what do I do? Sure. We need wisdom. Yeah, every day. We need wisdom. And then sometimes, have you noticed that it's hard, too, to say, not only what do I do, but what's the, what's the Christian thing to do? 
Have you ever asked yourself that? Have you ever asked, you know, what? how should I do this as a Christian? And so there's going to be situations like that every day. Almost it's going to be daily where we are confronted with these things where it's hard. And then in the world that we live in where things are changing rapidly every day, it seems like, I mean, it really does seem like things are different every single day, doesn't it? And then if you're raising children, and we are right now, and this, again, this rapidly changing world, how do I do this? What do we do? How do I answer this question? Or how do I address this issue? Maybe it's the same with your grandkids or whoever it may be. But we need wisdom. And James tells, he says, listen, if you lack wisdom, if you lack this wisdom, he said, you ask God and he'll give it to you. But you have to ask in faith, believing. But the problem is, so often, we don't ask God, we ask Google. Isn't it true? We, we go to another source. And so he's saying, James said, listen, you need, you need wisdom. But not only do you need wisdom, and you do need wisdom, but there's a particular type of wisdom that you need because there is a wisdom that the world will tell you that will say, hey, this is wisdom. But James says, no, there's a particular type of wisdom, and this is in James chapter 3, verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, Full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You see, this is the type of wisdom that we are seeking. This wisdom from above. It's wisdom that's pure, peaceable, gentle, full of good fruits, impartial and sincere. And so we seek this wisdom, godly wisdom. And this connects with community. Because oftentimes the way that we gain wisdom, we gain it obviously from the Word. Yes. From God. But do you know how God imparts it so often? Through His people. He uses His people. How many times have you been struggling and then somebody just shares a Bible verse with you? Sends you a text. Says something that makes you think about God's Word. You see, that's, that's how God used this community. To help us with wisdom. The other thing is, guess what? Most likely there's somebody else who's walking that you're walking more often than not, there's somebody that maybe it's not exactly the same or maybe it wasn't them, but sometimes there's somebody that can say, hey, I, I can help you with that. Now, I know there are some unique ones that are unique to your situation, but you don't know until you share. How many times have you shared something with somebody? Not, not because you're trying to get something, but you just share in your heart. And they're able to help you. And so we need wisdom. And James is going to tell us about wisdom. 
And so my question is, in this community that we're a part of, and I believe we're a community here, in our community, are we offering words of wisdom? Or are we offering just words of just nothing, really? How are we using our words? So that brings up the third big thing. We need to be in a community, a community that offers wisdom, but a community that speaks and uses our words in ways that glorify God. And so James, has, he has a lot to say about words, doesn't he? James has a whole lot to say about using your word, speaking in such a way that is going to honor God. I mean, you just, you walk through this book, all through it, and you'll just, you'll see it over and over. You'll see where he just says things. I mean, the big one in James chapter 3, taming the tongue. Say, listen, your, your tongue, it's like a fire. We were driving we were down in Willis for just a night for a wedding. We came back up yesterday and we're driving through Huntsville. And there is thick smoke. I was like, what is happening? I mean, it was like fog, but it was sunny. I mean, it was, wasn't fog. Middle of the day, it's thick. I said, Jen, what is, is that? Check that out. There's a fire, forest fire. And this, listen, it went for miles. This smoke, I mean, it wasn't just a little stretch of 45. It was for miles and miles, just thick smoke. You could hardly see if you'd driven through Huntsville. You now you can see the, the prisons on the side of 45. You couldn't see them. It was covered. It is a reality of how devastating and how much fires can change things. And we've seen in the news in Maui. Your tongue is like that. Your tongue, and we talked about this, about how our words, the things that we say, can bring utter destruction in people's lives. It's like a fire. It's like a forest fire. I mean, it will bring destruction. And sometimes you think, man, why does James have so much to say about words? But let me ask you. How have words damaged your life? And I wouldn't have to go far if I were to point people out and just say, well, what's something somebody said to you that hurt you? I wouldn't have to go far. Sometimes that's things that people have said to you in your childhood and it sticks with you through your whole life, doesn't it? Things that someone said to you, maybe something me and a kid said on the playground, maybe something a teacher said to you, a parent, a friend, whatever it may be, but words, I mean, they're damaging. And then in the church, sometimes we can fall into that too when we, we hurt people. Gossip has destroyed churches. And here's what I've learned in church. None of us think we gossip. We're just talking. But let me tell you something. If you're talking to somebody 
And if you see someone coming down the hallway and you have to change the subject or lower your voice so they don't hear you, that might be gospel. If you wouldn't be comfortable saying this in front of somebody else, guess what? It may be gossip. If your mama wouldn't be happy with what you're saying, it's probably gossip. And listen, I, I have fallen into it, so I don't stand here. Oh, I've never done it. No, I have. Let me tell you, we have to be careful because it will destroy. It will take this community that we have and it will destroy it. We fall into that. The other thing we fall into is we sometimes tear people down. Instead of building one another up, instead of encouraging them, we say, why did they do that? Why did they do it that way? I don't, I don't like that they did it that way. That's, a, that's not a good way to do that. Or why did they, why did they who do they think they are? I've done this many other times. I, I know how to do this. And we, we tear one another down instead of building it up, encouraging them. And James says, listen, you have to use your words. You, you have to tame your tongue. Speak words of wisdom to one another. Encourage one another. Strengthen one another. Don't build, or don't tear them down. There's gossip. There's anger. Harsh words, lying, goes on and on, right? That's why James says in James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. He says, listen, don't be too quick to speak. And I won't ask you to raise your hands, but how, how often have you opened your mouth and inserted your foot? We do it a lot, don't we? How often have you said something out of anger, not of love? How often have you had that little voice that said, you shouldn't say that, and you said it anyway? James says, listen, you're not going to be able to live out your faith. You're not going to be able to put your faith in action if you can't control your words. Here's the other thing. If you say that you're a Christian, and yet you use your words in a way that don't glorify God, what does that say about your testimony? What does that say to your grandkids when they see you being angry and mean and hurtful and gossiping? What does that say to my kids if they see me saying those things? What does that say to your neighbor when you tear down people at church? And Can you believe what they're doing in that Richland Hills Baptist Church? What does that say to people in our life when we, again, when we don't encourage but we find people's weaknesses. We need to build others up. And so James said, listen, you, you have to use your words. And through your words, you can show love to one another. 
So there we see another big, big part of James. I believe kind of under the surface is that we are called to love. We're called to be in community. We're called to have wisdom. We're called to use our words correctly. And then we're called to love. In James chapter 2, verse 8, he says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbors yourself. You're doing well. Then he goes on, he says, But if you show partiality, you're committing sin and you're convicted by the law as transgressors. So James said, Listen, you're called, we're called to love one another. We're called to love everybody. And what James is dealing with here is he's dealing with a group of people. Hey, they love the rich people. They love the people with, with money and means and prestige. And, and they, you know what? When the rich people come, these people that James is talking to, they bring them forward and they say, hey, come be a part of our church. You sit right up here, the good seat. They loved the rich people. But then the poor would come. The people that didn't have anything to offer. And they'd say, well, you just sit over there. I mean, if you have to be here, you sit over there. And James says, wait, that's not, that's not love. He said, we're called to love one another. That's what we do as a community. You are called to love each other. And so in this community, we are called to show and share and exhibit love. Not just the people that we love, but all people. Are there hard people sometimes? Yeah. Are there people in any place that you ever go? Listen, it's just life. There's going to be people that don't always match your personality. Exactly right, aren't there? There's going to be people that rub you the wrong way, that irritate you. Does James give you a pass and say, hey, you don't have to love those people. Does the Bible give you a pass on that? Does Jesus give you a pass? No. I mean, Jesus, even one that says, hey, you're supposed to even love your enemies. And so in this body, if we want to live our faith, remember, if we want to put our faith in action, then we have to be people of love. What does it say to the world if we don't love each other? What does it say to the community if we fight and bicker and argue and we tear one another down? It doesn't give a testimony, does it? Or a good testimony. What does it say to your grandchildren and my children and, my na- and our neighbors if we're not people of love? What does it say to them if you are just an angry, bitter person? What does it say about our faith? When we follow a Savior, when we follow Jesus, who gave His life out of love, but yet we don't love, what does that say? It says a lot, but not the good stuff. And so James says, listen, we need to love. Not because it's easy, but we love especially when it isn't easy. 
It's hard. And this is why James also says, he says, listen, built in here. We're going we're gonna to go through difficulties. We're going to go through trials. We're going to suffer. So he says, you need to persevere. If you want to put your faith in action, if you want to really put it in action and really follow Jesus, he says, you're going to have to persevere. Now the perseverance that James is going to be speaking of is the perseverance that comes because of suffering. But I think in a broader way, you can also say we just need to persevere through this faith journey. When we struggle, when it's difficult, when we lack wisdom, we need to persevere. We have to be able to keep going, to keep pressing on. Remember James chapter 1, verse 2? Count it all joys, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. See there, through our perseverance, through our steadfastness, God uses them. He says, listen, this testing is going to actually produce this steadfastness, this endurance. So when you meet difficulties and trials, these tough things, he said, as you walk through them and you have faith, it's going to actually produce this. It's actually going to build up this endurance and this perseverance. But then there's also going to be spiritual effects that happen to you. There's going to be benefits. As you walk through this life and you don't give up and you have faith, you're going to have more endurance. But do you know what's going to happen? You're going to get more wisdom. You're going to learn to love more. You're going to learn what it means to be in community. You see, as we walk through these things, we don't, we don't say, ah, forget it. We grow. We grow in our faith. We grow in our love. And we grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you this. How are you doing in perseverance? Are you struggling? We all struggle in some way. How do you persevere? Do you persevere well? Meaning this, do you complain and moan and groan? You can persevere and moan and groan the whole way. I don't think that's what James is talking about here. Do you persevere with joy? Are you living out your faith? Are you putting your faith into action? Because James, remember, James told us something very important, very deep. Really two things. One, he says that we need to be doers of the word. James 1, 22. He says, listen, you need to be doers of the word. Don't just hear it, but you need to do it. But then James also told us, in James chapter 2, verse 17, that faith 
without works is dead. Now, is James saying that if you work hard and you do a lot of good stuff, then you're going to be a Christian? No, that's not what James is saying at all. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. Not your works, not your religious duty, but your faith. But James also says, he says, listen, if you claim to be a Christian, if you say, I'm a Christian, but your life does not reflect it, if your life does not show it, then he says, then your faith may not be real faith at all. It may just be lip service. So he says, listen, so if your faith is real, you're going to live it out. Now, does that mean we're going to all live it out perfectly all the time? No. But what's the trajectory of your life? Is it a life of faith? A life of putting it into practice? Or is it a life just of lip service? You see, you can fool me. You can fool other people. You can fool your family into thinking you're a Christian. But you can't fool God. And that's ultimately what matters. Have you trusted Christ? Have you put your faith in Christ? Again, not just, I'm not asking you if you did something religious, got baptized, I'm asking in your heart, have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? Trusted Him, believing that He died on a cross, was buried and rose again for you? Have you said, Jesus, I believe in you, I'm following you now. Is He the Lord of your life? Have you turned from your sin and turn to Jesus. Because what happens is, there's a lot of people who do religious things, but they keep, they never change the course of their life. They never turn to Jesus. They just say, oh, I believe. But if you truly believe, you'll follow Him. Are you following Jesus? And if you're not, you can't put your faith in action because you don't have faith. I'd say today you need to put your faith in Christ. But for others, what area we talked about? We talked about, again, the big things. We talked about community, wisdom, our words, love, perseverance. What area do you struggle with? We don't all struggle in the same way. Some of us, you know what, we use kind words, we love, and we, we really don't use our words in a negative way as a whole. But you may also struggle with perseverance. But then someone else may be able to persevere, but yet they are known. They, they walk through hard things, they've, they've done all this, but yet they are careless with their words sometimes. And maybe they've really persevered, but they've also torn down some people in the process. Or maybe there's someone else that, again, they, they love people really well, and they are so loving, but yet they lack wisdom. 
And oftentimes their love doesn't come from a place of wisdom. Maybe they love people, but they can't offer them any godly wisdom. So what area in your life do you need to focus on? And I think it would be wrong if I were to make this all about your effort. Because the truth is, you and I, we can't really do this on our own. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need God's direction, God's wisdom. So the only way that we're going to be able to do this, not is that we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, not that we try really hard, not that we just put more effort into it, it's that we focus our gaze on Jesus Christ. It's not about self-effort. It's about where we focus. And so the more we focus our life on the Jesus, the more we pursue Him, the more we love Him, the more that these things become a part of our life. And so, where's your focus? Is your focus on Jesus? Or is it on something else? What area do you need to put your faith in action? Let us pray. Father, may you show us our hearts. Lord, may you show us the areas that we have a weakness. God, may you show us, maybe it's our wisdom, maybe it's our words or our love, whatever it may be, God, may you show us this morning where we need to spend some time with you. So that you can address that in our hearts. God, may you direct us this morning in your ways. Lord, our desire is not just to live our faith out just for our own selves and our own glory. So other people would look at us and say how great we are. But Father, we desire to live our faith out because that's what you've called us to do. So Lord, may you help us live faith out. May it be real. And as we struggle and as we walk through these difficulties, may you pick us up. May you lead us by your hand. Lord, you lead us. And you guide us. But Lord, if there's someone here this morning that's never trusted in Jesus Christ, that's never believed, never truly believed. Lord, I pray that this morning that you, the God of the heavens and the earth, God who made all the stars and the skies, that you'd speak to that soul this morning. Lord, that you'd speak to that soul and say come come to me and so Lord if there's somebody maybe they've been running from you maybe they've been running away may you draw them back
maybe there's somebody who's deceived themselves thinking that they're okay but in reality they're not okay at all God may you draw someone this morning to yourself Lord you use this time as you see fit in Jesus name we pray Amen.